Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Pod Network Entertainment. Okay, so you want to be loved by someone in the same way that you do. But do you even love yourself? One of my favorite lines, or should I say lyric, when I was growing up was this gem from Moulin Rouge. And it goes something like, The greatest thing you'll ever learn is to love and be loved in return. Okay, I was a hardcore, hopeless romantic back then, all thanks to, you know, the number of rom-coms, novels, and music that suggested the similar thought. My teenage years also coincided with the 2000s rom-com kilig era. So there was a lot of material to, you know, to base romantic love on. There was a lot, like, Okay, sample, The Notebook. I wrote you 365 letters. I wrote you every day for a year. A Cinderella story. Waiting for you is like waiting for rain in this drought. Useless and disappointing. What about from Hitch? This is exactly why falling in love is so goddamn hard. And of course, of course, we also have 500 days of summer, right? I just woke up one day and I knew what I was never sure of with you. Right? Masakit, it hurts, but then at the same time, it's so, like, it it resonates with, with so many of us in our experiences. Even when you're a 12-year-old watching these things too. <laughs> For some reason, it just hits exactly where it's supposed to hit. It hurts even if you've never really experienced love yet. So, that was what I grew up with. And the lines were iconic and cheesy, the grand gestures, or even the small ones, that hand gesture from Pride and Prejudice, please, gets me every time. Whether those lines or actions show a drastic or subtle change between a love interest, oh, those were just like, mm, chef's kiss, man. So as soon as you walk out of the cinema, like you either feel elated or hopeful 
or sometimes deflated and kind of melancholic, which if you really think about it, is how love can sometimes feel too. Because many of those movies knew just how to tug at your heartstrings, no matter how cheesy. And I haven't even discussed the chiclet I read or the love songs, even the emo ones that I listened to. Again, it's like it's raining and you're on the floor and you're just emoting, but you've never really had the experience. For some reason, it resonates even if you, even if you never really truly felt it yet in your own life. The bottom line is, media did have a significant influence on me and maybe with you too, with the way that I perceived romance and love when I was growing up. And eventually, I experienced the drawbacks of that as I got older. So let's do like a bit of story time. And since this is the first episode, of course, I made a promise to myself to be a little bit more vulnerable in sharing my story. So at least you know where I'm coming from and you know why I am in the path that I am becoming a relationship coach in training. Which it would honestly, it kind of sounds a little, um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Maybe mm, dramatic for like, you know, a turn of events in my life. But it's something that I've always been passionate about. And I guess you can say the experiences that I've had growing up and in love and in dating, it has influenced the way that I have begun to study about relationships and maybe be better at them too. When I started dating after college, yes, I only dated after college, uh, I thought it would be a pleasant experience, right? Because of all of the influences that I had, I thought it was going to be easy. Like, all right, just meet somebody, figure it out, and then get together, make it official, and so and so and so. <laughs> like, if you want to know just how hopeful I was as a hopeless romantic, I got called in class one time and I was asked, where I saw myself in five years. I was 20 years old at the time. So I answered, I'd be 25. And I'd be married. And I would have one child and another on the way. I said that in front of my classmates. <laughs> I'm not joking. And I was so shameless in saying that because that was how hopeful I was in how my life was going to turn out. There was no shame, but there was a lot of naivety in hindsight, right? Because I really thought it was going to be that simple. That was the timeline. That was the expected trajectory. But I'm 31 now. <laughs> and I have a six-year-old golden retriever. <laughs> so I'm not complaining, by the way. I love Bugsy. That's the name of my dog. I love Bugsy. I just wanted to highlight, though, how much I have deviated from my 20-year-old mindset since, you know, life happened. <laughs> okay, so when I had my first dating experience, it wasn't all what I expected. Speaking about it now, it was really unhealthy and toxic even. But I was hopeful and new and eager to love and be loved. So I stuck it out. I stuck it out even when we weren't actually dating, 
even when we would see each other but weren't together together. Even when he said he only wanted to be friends, but we still saw each other. Even when we stopped seeing each other for a bit, and then I found out later on that he actually met up with his ex while he was out of town. Even when I saw him make out with one of my closest friends at the time. All because I was hopeful and new and eager to love and be loved. And I just didn't know any better at the time. After that, relationships didn't get any easier. But it's good that nothing that dramatic happened again. Um, Well, in comparison anyway. But it wasn't until a few years after that experience that I tried therapy. Which, by the way, you can absolutely ask for if you do admit that you need the help. So no judgment here. So I tried therapy... Not for what happened um, with that toxic experience, but I did experience another breakup and I decided that I needed to help process why I somehow kept ending up in dead-end relationships. So from there, from therapy, I realized that there was something much deeper at play that influenced the way that I attached to partners. And that beneath all the layers of the ways I learned how to love and how love was shown in movies, written about in books, expressed in songs, which I low-key wanted to experience in my life. Maybe not even low-key, like high-key. That was what I wanted. There was actually, beneath all of that, there was this little girl who felt that she had to work hard to earn love because if she didn't, that love could be taken away. And if my voice, by the way, cracks up at this moment in time, it's always, you know, reminding myself that that little girl still needs love and care and looking after. And I am fully capable of doing that now. So it's just like a constant reminder that I have to give myself. So how that manifested in my life when I was actively dating was that if I met someone, and sure, there's chemistry, there's a connection, and when I find out that A, they work long hours or are always busy at the office, B, they have a lot of priorities outside of work, C, they were going through something, D, they didn't really know what they wanted, or E, that they were only where I was at or where I lived for vacation or work, I would actually consider that an ideal scenario. (laughs) I know how absurd that sounds, but that was how my mind worked. It became a situation that made me think, oh, let me show you then how accommodating and understanding I can be by being available and reassuring to you so you can fall in love with me. And the truth was... I was never really unavailable anyway, but in hindsight, I never really had boundaries either. (laughs) Which I didn't even know until recently that I could have. But since I was more flexible, my needs, which I didn't know again that I had until recently, were neglected in favor of his or of my partner. And mind you, the guys that I dated, they weren't asking that I put them on a pedestal, but I did that anyway. And since I believed I had to work hard to earn love, I did whatever I could 
to make them happy. Because I believed that if I made them happy, I would be satisfied too. It's like that line, right? If you're happy, I'm happy. But in the end, I was so focused on making them happy and I gave so much of myself in relationships that I was miserable by the end of it. I give and I give and I give. I listen and I try to understand. I ask them how their day is. I give them thoughtful gifts. I adjust my schedule to see them. I plan our dates. Why couldn't they do the same for me? Why couldn't they give me the same love or at least affection that I kept showing them? And the answer was that I put myself in that position where I would give more than I could receive when I decided to be with someone who could not make me a priority. I'll say that again. I put myself in that position where I would give more than I could receive when I decided to be with someone who could not make me a priority. Because I was so used to earning love, I chose to be in relationships where I wasn't valued. It's like that line from The Perks of Being a Wallflower, right? We accept the love we think we deserve. And I thought the love that I deserved was one I had to work hard for. So about a year into therapy, I had to stop. Not because it was getting too serious, but because I couldn't afford it anymore. So following the breakthrough that I had, realizing that there was that little girl who had to work hard to earn love because if she didn't, then it would be taken away. I had no idea what to do with that brand new information. I never got to the part in knowing the correct course of action to take. At least not until a couple years ago, after yet another heartbreak. (laughs) Okay, so for some reason, when we would go back in time two years ago, attachment theory was having its moment on social media. And for those of you who don't know, attachment theory suggests that the type of bond that you create with your caregiver and your caregiver is usually a parent or an adult who raised you. So that that bond that you created with your caregiver when you were a child could actually influence your attachments as you get older. The love and care that we received and learned as children in the comprehension that we had as children, which was not very critical, by the way, could have a direct impact in the way we showed and received love as an adult. So when you get into learning more about attachment theory, you'll find that there are four types. Secure, ambivalent, insecure, or anxious, avoidant, insecure, or avoidant, and disorganized, which is usually a marriage of the two, anxious and avoidant. We'll get into those in a later episode, I promise, but now I'm just kind of setting the scene for when things started to fall into place for me. So after diving deep into attachment, I discovered that I actually had an anxious attachment. It felt like a lot of the ways I behaved 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. In pursuit of love made sense. Not in the sense that they were the right things to do, but as someone with an insecure attachment, it made me realize that what I was asking for to be valued validated, seen, supported. It was where all that I yearned for as a kid. And more than that, I also found out that those with anxious attachment found themselves typically drawn to those with avoidant attachment. This was... My mind was blown when I figured this out. Which kind of made me realize, oh, no wonder I kept finding myself in dead-end relationships. Not to say, and this is not to villainize, by the way, avoidant attachers. It's just that, once again, this is something that we are still learning and that it is just taking off. And so for those who are still learning that, oh, I'm actually an avoidant attacher, you know, it's most of the time, we don't really know what we are in terms of attachment until we're actually in the thick of it And we start to observe the kind of behavior and pattern that an anxious attacher would be drawn to because it was familiar with how we grew up and how we received love or gave love or was given love at the time. Hi, guys. Uh, We are the Eavesdrop Podcast. My name is Francesca. My name is Jelly. This is Delamar. This is Jude. What's up? Yeah, and we are inviting you to check us out, uh, your fellow TPN podcast. And if you want to learn more about life, 
what's happening around us. You want to know about love, healing. <laughs> this is the podcast you should be listening to. Eavesdrop. 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 <laughs> Sometimes we get drunk and do the show. Those are the fun ones. Like today. Ooh, why? Who's drunk? Like right now. You're red as a bug. Am I? <laughs> Eavesdrop. Please catch it. Four hosts going crazy. You'll have fun. You'll cry. Everything else. So please check it out. The Eavesdrop. Only on the Pod Network. So... Anxious attachment find themselves typically drawn to those with avoidant attachment almost without fail. So here's an example, just an example of how it might look. And maybe it might resonate with you and how you see relationships. Let's say an avoidant will send mixed signals. So an example of this would be one day they're all over you. They're flirting with you. They want to make plans with you. They want to date you and do fun stuff with you. <laughs> The next day, they're distant and unresponsive. Or not necessarily unresponsive, but they're very limited in the way that they respond to you. The anxious, how they respond, having felt this spark or chemistry in the beginning because they were all over you in the beginning, right? They start to worry about feeling rejected when the avoidance starts to pull away, which causes them to become preoccupied thinking about the relationship. So the reality is, an avoidant is unconsciously behaving in a way that an anxious is familiar with, read, comfortable with, which is something that we have to discover about ourselves as well. And that tugs at their underdeveloped heartstrings and vice versa. It becomes this push and pull dynamic, which at the root of it all is caused by this fear of being abandoned. Yes, for both attachments. We just show it in different ways. An avoidant will pull away because they value their space. An anxious attacher will push themselves closer to their partner because that is what they value, closeness. Now, it's important to note that this is not the be-all and all of a partner in relationships. There's a ton of other factors at play when thinking about someone's patterns and behavior. Yes, it has a lot to do with experience. It has a lot to do with nurture and the unprocessed trauma or issues that they have had in terms of commitment, wherever it is in their life. Love languages are also helpful in knowing how you want to receive love. But for me, learning about attachment theory did open my eyes to two significant reflections. One, the way that I give love to others isn't necessarily the ideal way that they, my partner, would want to receive love, nor could it be the same way that they give love back. And two, while a partner is there to help meet your needs, they're not fully responsible for fulfilling them. So you will have to learn how to give the love you want to receive to yourself too. Because if you think about it, it doesn't really make sense to outsource the desire to be loved to someone else. That means you're dependent on feeling loved only if you're in a relationship with someone. And that's not very healthy. And from what I'm currently learning about love and relationships as a relationship coach in training... It's important to remember that there are three 
relationships in one romantic partnership. I know that sounds scandalous, but hear me out. Let's not be, let's not jump to conclusions. Let me explain. It includes the relationship between you and your partner. That's one. Your partner's relationship with themselves. That's two. And finally, your relationship with yourself. But it's not up to you to fix your partner's relationship with themselves, by the way, so that they can be the potential partner that you wish them to be. You can't push them to change because if there's one thing that we know as human beings, we are all, most of us actually, most of us, not all, most of us have an aversion to change. And so the only way that we can actually improve or try to improve your partner's relationship with themselves is to model it in the relationship that you have with yourself. That one romantic partnership that you have with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your life partner, if you don't like conventional labels, your husband, your wife, your fiancé, How that relationship thrives depends greatly on how those three relationships jive with one another. I'm not saying, by the way, that you shouldn't be in a relationship if you don't love yourself. But if you want to show up in a better version of yourself in a relationship, then that's what needs to happen. You need to do the work because you can only meet people as deeply as you've met yourself. And here's the catch, though. I can say day in, day out, you have to learn how to love yourself. It's so much easier said than done. Most times, when you're in that pro- when you make that decision, right? When you make that decision to do the work and love yourself better. Most times, you have to get uncomfortable with what you don't know. And you have to be curious about the parts of you that require your attention. You have to get uncomfortable in learning about the parts of you that you've neglected or are afraid of looking at. You have to find out what triggers you when you are in a relationship with someone. Not saying that being triggered by your partner is bad, by the way. They will trigger you in ways that you did not know you could be triggered. And that is the only way for your issues to be magnified is when you are in relationship. So you can definitely use your relationship as a way to discover more about yourself. You also have to learn how to regulate your emotions so you don't hurt your partner when you're in conflict. It's so easy to play the blaming game. It's so easy to name call. It's so easy to judge and criticize the way your partner is acting with you. When you don't take the time to reflect on yourself in all the ways that you have been behaving too. Because more likely than not, the way that they are acting towards you is sometimes a mirror of what or how you have been behaving towards them too. So maybe it's a time for reflection for that as well. But once you're doing this work, you have to make peace with your past mistakes. And you have to take better accountability for how you show up in your relationships moving forward. It can be the same relationship. It can be a new relationship, whatever it may be. As long as you are 
becoming or trying to become a better version of yourself, that is the kind of person that you would like to step into that relationship that you would like to invest in and that you would like to see in the long run. Hopefully, you might even get to a point where you look yourself in the mirror and tell your reflection, I love you. (laughs) I know, I know, it's so cheesy, right? It's so cheesy, it sounds absurd. But if you can actually do that, You can start off as a joke saying I love you. But if you try and make that a practice and actually look at yourself and not be ashamed, not feel guilt or whatever negative emotion that you have tied to yourself that you're not good enough. If you're able to overcome all of that with just saying I love you to your reflection, not necessarily every day, but most days, then you're on the right track. You're doing something right. Because seriously, if you're someone who deeply values your relationships, be it platonic or romantic, then you should also deeply value your relationship with yourself. Now, I know when I told you what you should do to do the work, that was just like one paragraph, right, of what what you're supposed to do. But... It takes a lifetime to master. You're never going to be fully healed or you're never going to fully discover who you are. That is a constant practice that you have to make once you make the decision to become a better version of you in relationships. But allowing to put yourself in that vulnerable space could help you realize that, you know what? People have a lot more going on inside of them than they let on or even realize. And that's what I'm learning right now. I have needs, which I didn't know back then that I had. I have needs and I need to be capable of fulfilling them too. Yes, I'm anxious and I know that I don't have to panic at every sign of inconsistency. I am easy to love and I don't have to work hard to earn it. And I know this because I am on that path to learning how to love myself better. Now, just because I'm a relationship coach in training doesn't mean that I have it all figured out or that I'm better than anyone else. I'm still learning my patterns. I'm succeeding and sometimes failing at communicating in a relationship. I'm not always right. Not everything I do, no matter how justified or rationalized I make it seem in my head, is the right thing to do. So I'm not expecting you to do relationships perfectly either. You will still make mistakes, even on your healing journey. And you'll feel like you've regressed on some days, but progress isn't linear. If you are doing the work, then you're on the right track. You're doing something right. So yes, maybe the greatest thing you'll ever learn is to love and be loved in return. I still kind of believe that now. But just remember also to be loved by yourself and realize that you actually are the love of your own life too.
The opinions of podcast creators, hosts, and guests are not necessarily reflective of the official stance of the Pod Network Entertainment, its hosts, or other network programs. The content created by the people behind the podcast is personal and not meant to harm any religion, ethnicity, group, organization, company, or individual. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.